Welcome back to the Keep It Simple podcast. Uh, if you're joining us here, you have caught episode 12, uh, and this is one I've been looking forward to. I say that almost every episode, uh, but it doesn't make it any less true. So uh, today uh, we have Rev. So Rev is a, a man of legend. Uh, so many of you have seen uh, him and his wife, Katie, uh, their dog Ollie, even uh, on our feed, uh, many of you have um, heard me reference Rev, whether it be in in talks and teachings or just in passing. Um, and so I'm I'm proud uh, that you all uh, realize now that he is real, that he exists. Uh, Trevor Ward um, is an incredible uh, person. He um, is a man of many hats. Uh, he is a pastor. Also an incredible uh, worship leader, uh, a husband, uh, a father, um, a friend, uh, just an, an incredible guy all the way around. And um, Rev, welcome uh, to the podcast. Well, hey, Ben, thanks for having me on. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening and tuning in. Uh, I'm kind of nervous, if I'm going to be completely honest, because this whole thing is like, you know, we're not editing this thing, and so I got to make sure I say the right words, make sure I don't mess up, but i um, just going to try to relax a little bit, get in, get into the groove, yes. uh, but yeah, I feel like you hype me up a little bit too much. I'm not that great, um, but uh, I do love spending time with, with you, Ben, so this is kind mm -hmm. of a cool way to do that since you live so far away, and uh, mm -hmm. excited to have a conversation with you this evening. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that um so our our paths cross through Brooke, your cousin, Brooke's your cousin, Brooke Kitchens. And uh so for those of you that have watched or listened to the podcast a few episodes ago, Brooke was on and um so our paths crossed. We actually started seminary at the same time. Um you were in making it Mulberry. Uh, United Methodist Church, and I was in Warner Robins at first, uh, Warner Robins first, and um, Brooke knew that you were starting seminary, and I was starting seminary both at Asbury, and she was like, hey, you, you all could travel to intensives together, and uh, little did I know that, that literally that connection was going to be uh, the beginning of what will end up being a lifelong uh, friendship. Um what do you? What was your side of the tracks on that? Uh, what was? What were those first? Um, what were those? <laughs> what? <laughs> what were those first encounters? That first trip to Orlando for sure. Um, but just kind of that launch or beginning of our relationship. Let's start there. <laughs> yeah. So I guess uh, the Lord wanted us to be friends because He. He put us together, um, definitely used Brooke in that relationship, uh, and then Asbury and going to seminary and, and that whole thing, like you said. But, I mean, honestly, I couldn't have expected any uh, anything for how our friendship uh, came to be. And I'm just so grateful, uh, first off, because I've learned a lot from, from you and just kind of watching you in life and in ministry and 
you're you've really been an encouragement to me, especially in just this particular season of my life and um, in the Lord. And and so but, man, you and I are we couldn't be more different. And that's one of the things that that Brooke kept saying, like, I can't imagine these two going on a trip together and and spending like time together. We, We went down and we took your camper. And so. We knew pretty much nothing about each other, and we're like, yeah. we're going to be hanging out for a whole week, driving down to Orlando, several hours. Um, we ran out of gas on the we on did. the side of the road on the interstate. We yes, so we, we I mean, our our whole thing was starting off with adventure, our whole relationship, yeah. our whole friendship, yeah. and yeah. Um, and so since then, I'd say it's been, you know, we we've just had so many awesome. Uh, just times together, quality time, times in ministry, times to to sow into other people relationally, and yeah, man, um, and just do that together, and just to see you the way that you do that um, has just always been just a uh, just it just opened my my mind up, my eyes up to see how you can love intentionally and love uh, with authentic authentic authenticity and mm-hmm. um but yeah that's a crazy trip we just hung out in a camper and and it's not like, a large it's, camper it's a small no, camper no and you just you know you were like this guy's weird this guy's got some quirks and i was like this guy's weird he's got some quirks but man i just i loved it i loved the whole thing i don't know why it was just yes. it worked it, somehow and brooke leading up to that she said i can't I can't imagine. It's the same thing Mindy said about she was wanting me to meet um, Ed, her brother-in-law. And and um, Mindy said the same thing about me and Ed that Brooke said about you and me is, I can't make up my mind if you're going to love each other or hate each other, you know. And um, we, we were in that camper, and we bonded. So you somehow, a week of my life I'll never get back, talked me into watching Stranger Things. And if you remember kind of the trade-off, so I was watching hunting videos on YouTube and your your choice was Stranger Things. And so we alternated back and forth um, that week. I was training for an Ironman. Do you remember that little KOA campground pool? I mean, it couldn't have been 15 yards, you think, maybe? Oh, yeah, yeah. You were deep in the in the training session, training period for that. But you were all in. You ran with me. You swam with me. You were, I mean, every step of the way, you were, what I remember about that tiny little pool is it couldn't have been 15 yards long, maybe 20 yards. And how many times you got to swim back and forth and back and forth to get 2,600 yards or whatever the... Yeah, you did at least 2,000 laps. I don't know. It was crazy. But you were in the, you were right, you were in and um the the other thing that i remember about that other than you making me late um was on the way home so we had watched some hunting shows and on the way home you're in the passenger seat i'm just driving right and you're quiet which is unusual and because we talk right we're always talking and and cutting up and you're quiet and every so often you would ask me this question you'd be like um hey ben what shoots a 308 caliber a rifle or a shotgun and i'm like a rifle you're like okay i keep driving just quiet a little bit later another question little did i know you were taking your hunter safety certification 
in the truck. You remember that? On the way back, you're like, I've watched enough hunting videos. I'm ready to hunt. I'm ready to hunt something. Yeah, I got the bug, and I'd always wanted to take the hunter safety course so I could legally hunt. I think I'd illegally hunted at some point. Okay. I never shot a deer. I never shot an animal up to that point, but I'd gone out into the woods and yes. um, and just sat and, uh, and been, been out there. But uh, that was when I was younger, like younger than 18 and that sort yeah. of thing. And so, dude, you're just jogging my whole memory. That's hilarious. So um, awesome. So that's when it started. Yeah. And yeah. Since yeah. Then I've, I've gone hunting with you and, yeah. and several other times with other folks. And it's yeah. been a really cool way to connect with people. And yeah, I've enjoyed it. So uh, we, we talk about authentic community um, which is what the project really is all about. And from that, so from that tiny camper watching alternating Stranger Things, such a weird show. Alternating it's gotten weirder. Yeah. Has it? Alternating, oh, yeah. alternating Stranger Things and hunting shows. And, um, but then from that, um, hunting together. And you remember the night you brought that rancid the fermented cabbage or whatever it was so so there's this super sketch korean restaurant and uh is, does it have a name um it's i don't think they're open anymore that, right they were, rightfully um, so it was called <laughs> it was called Choi's. i think they were in like a it was a restaurant inside of a asian market yes in yes, robbins yes yeah. it was and so rev and our deer hunting were camping in that same camper out at the lease and little do i know that you've got this to-go box of this fermented cat what was what, what's it called <laughs> it's called it's called kimchi kimchi and all i know is it smelt like damn it it smelt straight up like damn it and i didn't know you had it and so deer hunting right so scent is important and all of our camouflage is hanging inside the camper. And so I'm outside with Jeff and them by the fire. And unbeknownst to me, you go in and warm up your fermented cabbage in the microwave in the camper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm somewhat inexperienced at this point in my hunting career. No, it's not a knock. So, it's just looking back. I walk in. I can outside the door ever how many yards away from the camper i can smell this stuff yeah and that's also when i realized that you were a super smeller somehow or another like <laughs> yeah. your your nose yeah, your nose true. nostril sense of smell is like just on a whole nother level yeah and i think i think mine's like negative i don't i don't get a lot of sense from my nose yeah. um call it allergies i don't know but you hated that smell and you were just, it was just completely just, we were just undone. It was in our clothes. By that smell. It was in our clothes. The next morning, I didn't smell it. The next morning we're sitting in a blind and I can still smell it. Uh, Anyway. That's impressive. That's impressive. For me, that is a fond memory. I mean, at the time agitated, yes, but now I look back and that is a, that's a snapshot of our relationship another fond memory um remember when we were doing the um the hall and, yeah. and then we had like the music for the mute movement concerts and stuff um mm-hmm. um that's when i big pen 
No, gosh, no. I forgot about okay. him, dude. <laughs> the drummer. He's having a kid. What? I forgot all about yeah. him. I forgot about Pigpen. Sidetrack. God bless. Yeah. God bless Pigpen. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's the first time that I realized. So we we were in Wilmore one time at Asbury, and there was an Avett Brothers song on the radio, and because we both love Avett, and you were cutting up. You were trying to be funny, like sing like a hillbilly and this twang, and you weren't being for real. And I realized in that moment, like, even when you're playing, even when you're being silly, you're on perfect pitch. Brooke's the same way. Brooke does the same thing. And and that was the first time I was like, this dude is crazy gifted. And then during those concerts, in between songs, playing songs, there was like spot, spontaneous worship where you were just on a keyboard just worshiping and that i remember standing in carter hall i think y'all were actually sound checking maybe everybody had kind of gotten their stuff done and you're just up there worshiping and i'm standing in the back of the room at the soundboard trying to mix and i'm like whoa um what a gift uh the next time I saw that is when we were on that joint ski trip. Remember your group and Brooks' group and Charity's group and our group, the four, and we were in that local church that allowed us to use our sanctuary? Yeah, that was great. And uh, that night you did that night you did the same thing. Um, just spontaneous uh, worship and ushered the Spirit of God into that room. Um such a gift are you leading worship now like where are you now what are you doing now um what what are your roles are you are you leading worship preaching teaching what are you doing where are you yeah so i'm in tifton georgia right now we've been here for like two and a half years serving in ministry um kind of came here uh the role is associate pastor and what that looks like here uh, it's a little bit of your typical associate pastor stuff, supporting the senior pastor, uh, pastoral care visits mm -hmm. with shut-ins, with folks in the hospital. Um, but where you might typically see an associate pastor rotating uh, and, and preaching and teaching a little bit mm -hmm. and maybe doing more like on the backside where like maybe with small groups and Sunday school teaching, those sorts of things. I preach every week in our contemporary service, wow. and um, and that service is kind of it's been around for a long time, but it's seen a lot of different leadership styles and gone through a lot of different seasons with who's been here in the church and serving and what what worship and the music side of it looks like and what the preaching teaching side of it looks like. So um, I would say I've really been able to kind of I guess that's kind of like one of my areas where I invest a lot of my time mm -hmm. and, and my um, energy and focus here. And I help do a lot of other teaching like small groups. And um, I like the cool thing about this church is in our staff is everybody's kind of working and meshing together. And it's been a while to get us to that place. But 
Um, I like to be a part of children's ministry and youth ministry as much as I can mm-hmm. and just kind of see those different generations and really invest in in families and, and just get to kind of be in, in, in a little bit of everywhere throughout the church. And that really just gives me a lot of energy. But yeah, with the, um, as far as the music side of things goes, one of the cool things about my role is that we don't have a paid worship leader okay. uh, for our contemporary service, like for our traditional services, which are a little bit more um, the makeup of our church we have a full-time music director for that, but we don't have any paid musicians or, or anybody part-time, full-time, nothing like that. Mm. So I've gotten to invest really heavily on the music side of our contemporary worship. And um, we thankfully do have some volunteer worship leaders, uh, musicians, but it's really laid back. It's acoustic. Um, we have a cajon, we have, a guitar, acoustic guitar. We, sometimes we have keys. We have a couple of singers. Wow. This, so, and, and well, that's been one of the draws for some of the people who are looking for contemporary worship, but don't want all the flash. Mm-hmm. They don't want the smoke machines right. and the lights. Right. You know what yes, I'm saying? Yes, I do. And, uh, it, and that's been really cool for some of those who are sort of like, it's not a concert. We're not trying to go to a concert. We're just trying to, it's honestly, it kind of embodies a simplified mindset or simplified yeah. idea around what worship can look like and you know it's been really really cool just to kind of settle into that new role settle into that space and it's uh, really just a good time of fellowship and, and worship on Sunday mornings but I get to um, so if, if one of our volunteer worship leaders are out of town I'll just lead worship wow. and I'll get to be um, re-energized by just something I love doing and that, that's been really cool just to, to do that. I kind of switch hats in the middle of the service and then preach. That's also my question. Um, so do you lead worship and teach? Yeah. So I'll wow. do – maybe if I'm on uh, the worship team and there's a full full set, I'll just be playing keys and kind of adding mm. to it and, and just, just getting to be up there and enjoy that time and that moment. Maybe just lead one song or maybe just let them lead but kind of just harmonize or whatever and just kind of mm-hmm. chill. But yeah, so I just mostly um, let them do that. But if they're one of them's gone or something like that, I'll uh, I'll step in and, and do that. But one of the other cool things about Tifton, it's a it's a small town feel, but it's a larger town. It's got a couple different college campuses on it. UGA has a campus here. Uh, ABAC, Abraham Baldwin. Um, uh, Agricultural College. Um, there. That's where Stacy graduated. Stacy graduated from there. Yes. Um, That's where we met. I think I Tifton. remember that. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Um. But it's it's cool because there's. Yes, we're in the Bible Belt, but some of the some of the churches just have a genuine. I feel like a genuine desire for unity and to come together, and see our community transformed. Uh, through Jesus, through the love of Jesus, and there's some there's some really strong uh, followers of Christ down here, and that's been really one of the cool parts of community down here that I've got to experience. But um, but yeah, just uh, I've had the opportunity to to lead worship in some more like joint worship nights where multiple churches have come together to lead worship or to, to you know, to Sweet. worship the Lord together. So that's been really cool to see 
a community of people and a community of believers mm-hmm. that are willing to kind of let down their their denominational uh, walls, maybe their um, their church, you know, kind of those those groups that they're in, those cliques and that sort of thing, and just kind of come together and just worship the Lord. Yeah, did, didn't you all have a gigantic uh, joint deal on the football field at, at Tiff County High School? Am I getting that right? Did I see that? Yeah, so we did a Good Friday service, and that was okay. spearheaded by one of the local churches, a larger Baptist church. Mm-hmm. But um, they were really adamant about bringing all the voices in and all the different church leaders, pastors, and, and musicians. And uh, so that was really, really awesome. Mark Rick came down and spoke and wow. shared his testimony. And yeah, we had a, a really great crowd. And the cool thing is, like, we were, it was one of those things, you know, the weather is, Terrible. Yeah, I remember I was asking you to pray for the weather to yes. for the Lord to just hold off. And man, he gave us this amazing lightning show in the background of the whole worship. And uh, wow. it was beautiful, but not, not a speck of rain hardly touched the stadium and all that we were doing there. And it was like basically moving all around us, but mm-hmm. it, it wasn't coming directly on us. And so we had a, a good show, a good turnout. Um, and we worship God on, on that Good Friday, and, you know, on that football camp, on that football stadium, and in that football stadium, yeah. it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I know, have the privilege to know your story, but um, it's been a it's been a winding, twisting road, right? So, um, how? Let's just kind of talk about how you got to where you are, um, and you can go back. You can start wherever you like in your story whatever it is you'd like to share. But um, I know I know most, if not all, I know most of your story, uh, but so many people will not. So um, at what point did you feel a call on your life? Um, what was it like discerning that call? The different ages and phases and stages um, up until now. Um, let's talk through that a little bit. And the importance of community in those ages and stages and phases. Yeah, so um, one of the things, if we're talking about like calling and that sort of thing, I would say early on, I I was really drawn to music early on in my life. I mean, second grade, I started doing like, like p- piano, keyboard lessons and and then sixth grade, I, I took up the guitar. Me and my cousin were really close, and and uh, her name was Hope, and and she was really into the the guitar and singing. And so I I kind of naturally just got into it um, for what she was doing, and uh, at the time, and we would write songs. They were some of them were, well, they were all terrible. I mean, at least mine were. They were pretty cringy. Uh, when I go back and, and listen to them, but, but we were doing something with music, you know, we were being creative and, mm-hmm. and so it was really kind of in that season, middle school, high school that I started leading worship and was getting opportunities to play music in church. And I would say mm-hmm. that's where that calling started to begin to stir and form mm-hmm. and, um, People, kind of like what you have said, uh, people have said similar things to me in that were just affirmations uh, for 
how the Lord was kind of using me and how he had given me a particular set of gifts that to some degree, like I was kind of even unaware of, like, you know, you're kind of aware of what, what you think is going on, but you don't, you're not really aware of how it's affecting other people. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it, it, it was, people would come and, and, and share, you know, how the Lord maybe used me in this way or that way. And so I, I started really feeling that sense of calling and, in in those early kind of high school days. And then, um, I dated a girl. I, I kind of always kind of reference, um, this, a relationship in high school in particular, her name was Mary Claire and her family was very, um, what I consider to kind of be like the ideal family. So my mm-hmm. family, uh, my parents were divorced and, um, it just felt a little like our home was broken in so many mm-hmm. different ways. And, um, didn't have that consistency mm-hmm. uh, growing up, and she seemed to have that, and her family seemed to really be close and bonded, and and they did everything together. That together they went to church, and they really prioritized their relationship with the Lord, and they talked about the Lord, and they were. Um, it seemed like they they were pursuing the Lord, and they they had that strong relationship with him and her especially and so um she was really a big part of me kind of taking my relationship with the lord to that next level taking it more seriously in high school and then when that relationship kind of fizzled out um i realized that i was kind of depending on her in a way to kind of Mm -hmm. satiate like i guess uh maybe through her, I I felt like I was closer to the Lord. So then it was like a whole new level of me taking an even greater ownership of following after him. And so that was in high school. And, but anyway, so I got involved with the house of prayer in Macon and it was just this really small organic, uh, group of people. They were just pursuing the Lord, worshiping, um, Mm -hmm. for hours and hours and praying and praying for the city, praying for the church, praying for unbelievers. And, um, it was really strange just how when I started pursuing the Lord on my own, he, he, he got me there. He got me to that community in particular. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he was, he was downloading things into my spiritual DNA in that particular place. And, um, it was actually literally a, a, a house where people would worship, but it was a greenhouse. Oh, yeah. So if you think about that, just like a greenhouse, like gardening and things like that, there was some some exponential growth happening in that season in particular and and we talked uh, about that at one point when it came to the worship. Chan- the chances of our paths crossing then are probably pretty high because i was in and out of that yeah. house praying probably about that time the difference in age between us um and that's when i'd scaled out of rodeo or down and was off the road full time and uh, through Ted McCullough, got turned on to the House of Prayer and started going and spending time there. So we talked through that at some point, but the greenhouse was epic. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's it's crazy to think about um, how the Lord had us at similar places. And there were a lot of people in and out of the greenhouse and during that time. And, and I was just a little teenager kind of just, 
you know, I, I saw yes. some of the, the core people that were there and, um, and got connected with some of them, but, uh, you know, the Lord has his own timing, but it's cool to, to think about how we were worshiping in a similar environment in that same place. Um, mm-hmm. but you were, yeah, you were in a totally different season of life and, yeah. and I was too, but, um, yeah, so I would just say in those seasons, really, that's where my, my call began to stir and call to ministry. And it kind of like, it was kind of like that. Um, I guess that verse where, um, I'm probably going to botch it. I'm terrible with, uh, with, with just referencing scripture and what scripture is, but it's like, um, David, I'm thinking of like a Psalm of David and, and, uh, and just like his desire, his longing to be in the house of the Lord. And so I always felt like that connection to to being with God in ministry, to being with uh, to being called to ministry, uh, to be to being connected deeply to the church and doing something in ministry. It just always felt like, you know, I would never be satisfied outside of that, mm-hmm. outside of that Um position or and that in, in clarifying that call over time it's still this ongoing thing for me personally mm-hmm. because um part of part of clarifying that call for me has been stepping out in in faith and and doing things that you may not be necessarily skilled at but mm-hmm. and you may be scared of at times but just stepping into it and letting the lord you know, show you and direct you and, and use you. Um, that's kind of been my journey personally, but, um, I, I got into some campus ministry. And I, I don't know if you wanted to talk about that too. Um, sure. mentioned that, but, yeah. uh, but I was leading worship kind of throughout college and throughout. So really, um, and then post-college I got involved in UGA Wesley foundation. And I'd say that was re- like a really big catalyst and greenhouse, in my faith and uh that community in particular was the absolute most encouraging community that I've ever experienced. Wow. And I don't know if if it was because that's what I needed in that season mm-hmm. and uh cuz I had kind of come off of this really rocky uh low place valley season um that I'd experienced some some just making some terrible decisions in college uh, and for, for about a year or so, I just felt just very far off from the Lord. And, um, and so it was honestly, it felt like two extremes mm-hmm. for me to come, to go from that low place. And then, uh, I was praying and, and seeking the Lord and, and asking him and, and really just ready to get out of running from the Lord and, and running to the Lord, um, and so he led me to UJ Wesley Foundation and it was I was at Georgia College for my undergrad in Milledgeville and so Athens uh was about an hour and a half from my hometown in Gray but um so I just decided I heard about this uh internship and you can intern and and work for the campus ministry and it was a very large campus ministry they um they see about a thousand to, I mean, in, in some of the services, I know that they were seeing kind of later around my time up upwards of 1200 
maybe 13, 1400 people. Amen, man. And so, I mean, it was a ton of people. So they needed a lot of help to mm-hmm. do what they, the kind of ministry they were wanting to do. And so we raised support and we were basically missionaries on the campus. And when we um, commit, we commit to at least one year at a time for a school year, like, you know, fall and spring semester. Mm-hmm. And our training happens right there before the fall semester kicks off. And and then we get going, we disciple students one-on-one, and then small we're small group leaders as well. But I interned uh, with the worship staff, so I helped lead worship in different settings. And mostly I was um, doing kind of like what my, really my DNA, my spiritual DNA, if you want to call it that, like um, connected most to. So we would have 7.30 Tuesday morning prayer meetings. I would lead worship for that. And then um, we had ministry sets after our um, main worship set where there were, you know, like the 1,000 to 1,200 students or so. And then there there would be a, a message. And so we would, um, after the message, there would be like an altar call. And then we'd have ministry team where there would be like um, interns and, and other staff members that would pray with students if they were you know, if there was like a specific need, um, that, like an altar call that they would say, if you're struggling with this thing, you know, come get prayer. And so during that time, they'd have worship music um, we were playing, but it was called Ministry Set. And so it was very much low key, dialed back, some spontaneous stuff and some like prophetic kind of moments. And uh, those were just kind of my sweet spots where I led worship and love doing that um, to I interned there for three years and from there it felt like that was like my real launch into ministry. Mm. And uh, like I said, just such an encouraging community had amazing teaching, um, just so much backing. And, and, you know, one of the things with the Wesleyan congregations or Wesleyan theology uh, that I loved is just um, their openness to, the Holy Spirit and their openness to um, allowing the Spirit to use them and to speak through them. And so there were some really cool uh, things that that campus ministry were, I mean, they were, they were rooted in prayer. They were rooted in scripture. They were rooted in um, how do we honor the Lord? And so just the Lord was just so, active in that place mm-hmm. and, and unlike any other place in very specific ways to um, that, that were really cool to witness and be a part of. And so it just felt like there's another huge season of exponential growth, greenhouse and putting this spiritual DNA in me to then like launch me into ministry yeah. in the places that I've been. So what are, which what? strangely and oddly enough, Sorry, go ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Strangely, oddly enough. Well, I was going to say, strangely and oddly enough, nowhere that I've gone and been in ministry has seemingly been anything like any of these places. Mm-hmm. Like, as far as the spiritual DNA that, that has been downloaded to me um, and the, the ways that I, like, walk and, 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 and believe in the things that I, like, seek the Lord for, it's interesting because the places that I've been have just been very different Mm -hmm. settings and environments that um, 
so yeah, just it's crazy to think about how that how that happens. But um, it's been cool to see how the Lord has used those things to shape the environments that I've gone into as well. Yeah. So three years at, at uh, UGA Wesley, how old were you? Um, I would say 22, 23 when I started, 25-ish when I yeah. left. Very formational years. I mean, formative years. You met, Did you meet Katie during that time? Yeah, so that's a great, um, great story. So I was, uh, I met Katie, my wife. We were um, kind of one of those things, probably like you and I, like we had been ships passing in the night. We had, um, she had noticed me, her roommates uh, worked with me as fellow interns at the UJ Wesley Foundation. Mm-hmm. She was still a student at that time. We're only nine months apart, but she was doing like a, a fifth year because she had changed her major mm-hmm. from math education to graphic design. And uh, so that took a little time to get into the school of art for her. So she was just still there, thankfully. And uh, she hadn't moved on to greener pastures yet. And um, so they were still roommates. And what, what happened was I was, um, I was like really, you know, ready for a relationship. It's ready. Like, I want to meet somebody. I want to get married. Obviously, I want to start a family. I want to be a husband. I want to be a father. And what better place than UGA? And, and you know, <laughs> and a, people, you're never going to be surrounded with this many, you know, uh, people that you could potentially meet. And especially in in ministry, you know, like Christian girls that are that are, you know, falling after the Lord. So. Uh, uh, naturally I, I got on eHarmony. I was trying to get on eHarmony. That's how desperate I was. Um, and so I made this stupid profile and not, not to knock it. I have friends that have actually met their spouse on eHarmony and it's pretty cool. Um, I mean, but just to be in this setting, like surely there, there's someone there in that area, um, that the Lord could potentially, you know, put me together with and so i dated two girls it just didn't work out um in my time so far i dated two two girls in athens and i uh, was sitting at this desk as people come into um the wesley foundation everybody had like a desk duty so you just say hey welcome and i was on my computer and somebody had sat down next to me and they saw one of the emails from like the subscription to eHarmony, and there was they were like Oh, Trevor, you no, you don't need to do this. Like, there's too many, too many fish in the sea here in in Athens. And so, I was like, all right, well, if if you're telling me that I can't go on eHarmony and make some sort of like dating profile, then then you're gonna have to help me. You know, like put your put your ears to the to the wind or to the ground or whatever. You know, like be on the lookout. Be uh, help me out. You know, if you hear of anything. <laughs> Let me know <laughs> if you hear of, if you hear of anything. Let me know. Like you're on a job search. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I need I need the best of the best. Um, and oh, I my mean, gosh. the Lord what really had my back in that and uh, was looking out for me. And she had a roommate who had just recently been in like a two and a half year relationship, all basically through college, mm-hmm. and. Was planning on getting married to this guy and she just had 
didn't feel at peace about it. And there were some things that kind of happened that caused them to go their separate ways and crazy. And uh, so she had a, a, a really like maybe like six to eight months of singleness and just pursuing the Lord. And she talks about how that's like one of the best times of her life where she just she, her focus was just so strong in the Lord and um, and her pursuit was just so rich. And um, and so it was right after that season. And I had I had done a really um, intensive fast that year to kind of kick off the year and um it was cool like both of us were really preparing our hearts to step into that relationship we didn't know was was going to happen but we're both ready from the lord and so he he set us up through um bethany is her roommate and um who i worked with and they were like well trevor we we got a roommate and uh we think she might be a good fit. And I was like, okay, well, what's her name? You know, what's she like? And I looked her up on Facebook and I was like, oh yeah, she's cute. And you know, like, let's meet, like, take me to your house. I'm going to come to your house now. And I've been to their house before, but I never, like I said, we were just always like ships passing in the night. So she, uh, I met her and I was like, man, like, I want to marry this girl. But like, I didn't want to, I never said that to her, but I had that thought like, I, Immediately? I want to marry this girl. Yes, like the first time that I met her. That's, that's okay. But it wasn't like, I don't know if that's no, a no. creeper thing to think or. No, I, I'm with you. Like, you don't it, have to, yeah. But it was, it was that, it was that feeling. And I told her that when I proposed to her. And hmm. she was like, what? Like, she didn't believe me because I'd never told her that, but I'd had moments of of struggling and doubt and, and things like that along the way uh, in mm-hmm. our relationship. And just, you know, I'm not I'm not sure if I'm ready that I was kind of a committophobe that I real found out that I was. And so I had to struggle through my own things to, to get to the point where I was really ready to to get married and. Um, I'd never been in a committed long-term relationship that long. And so it was just, it, it was a very much a faith thing in walking that out, but, um, she's just golden and, you know, totally, I totally don't deserve the, you know, upper echelon top tier woman that I got as far as you do, you you do. I'd push (laughs) back on that, but she is amazing, man. And she loves you. I, I can only think of a handful of women that I know who love their spouse, their husbands, the way that Katie loves you. It's such a gift. Um, such a gift. Uh, yep. So, so from your time at um, at Wesley, what are some of your favorite stories? Any good stuff? Any funny stuff? Uh, Community wise, any 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 good stories? Um. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of really good stories. I'll tell a couple. Um, so, one of the cool things about Wesley is we're kind of creating one of the core values of Wesley is fun, mm-hmm. and um, there's, uh, several core values, I think like four of them. <laughs> and honestly, I can't think of the other three right now, but I remember fun. That's okay. And the yeah. reason, 
and the reason why fun was became one of their core values is because they were so um they were such a ministry that was so intense they had a huge mm-hmm. revival and they were all steeped in prayer and they got a little uptight from what i can tell based on the history and mm-hmm. and, and they kind of forgot that joy in the lord part and so that was another one of the reasons why i felt like i connected so great with wesley and their community but you know it was it was a college age ministry so everybody was just getting out of college so they were still in that man we want to be with our friends we want to hang out so a lot of times you'd go through the uh the intern office and there'd be interns just playing foosball you know they'd be just hanging out but they would be fostering an environment where students could come in feel that sense of community feel that sense of belonging and home and fun and just, you know, school stressful and I'm just going to just relax. I'm going to hang out and I'm going to be in a Christian positive environment where all the issues that I'm facing, you know, aren't necessarily forgotten, but there there's a moment of brevity. There's a moment of, of lightness. And so that's one of the, the things that I, I feel like in the Lord, um, he calls us to give our burdens to him and, and, he gives us that easy yoke and his burden is light. And so to some degree, um, you know, that's something of the of the sense of the environment that that was there. But we did a lot of silly, stupid stuff and a lot of um, goofy stuff. And I remember one one day, um, you know, they had this like rocket launcher slingshot that mm-hmm. you like take a person on either side and then one person mm-hmm. pulls it back and shoots like. Um, usually you do like water balloons in it. Yeah. And so we had a ton of water balloons. We had this rocket launcher thing and we just lined people up and we were just aiming at the people like all down. We have this big alley. And so, you know, cars are trying to come through. It's a one way alley to get out of the parking lot. But all the interns just like ended up out there and you had guys that were just like, you know, covering, like making sure, you know, their their parts weren't destroyed and obliterated because they still wanted to procreate. But um but yeah, they'd be just getting like whacked in the face or like the arm and we were just like using these human bodies as target practice and it was just it was amazing. And so we all kind of rotated out and got uh battered and bruised and man, we're just college kids just being stupid and um oh my gosh. I don't know if I should share this but Sure you should. I don't even know if I I don't know if I've shared this with you. I may have. Um, <laughs> so I was raised in support, basically, to, to do ministry. And um, I, I went to several churches. And, and I, I, my home church, one of my home churches growing up, because my parents were divorced, like I said. But um, it's a small little Methodist church. And there's about 50 people there. And they supported me like $50 a month to do wow. ministry. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's awesome. So then, when I was going to share like my testimony of what was going on at the Wesley Foundation, obviously all these ministry things are happening, like God's moving. But then I shared this story that I'm about to share. So there's this uh, this neighborhood in Athens, and it's called Pine View was the official name of it, but the unofficial name was called the Christian Ghetto. The Christian okay. ghetto. So okay. basically, like Athens, there's like thirty something thousand, maybe forty now, forty thousand students that, that are living there. And this was like a neighborhood of townhouses and um, 
upper level, lower level apartments, and basically Christians had just rented this place out to like all of the the people, Wesley, BCM, all these different campus ministries, and you knew like odds are, you know, you could throw a rock and hit a Christian, and so it was really fun, fun environment, and um, so because you know we were of like minds and. Um, we loved each other, you know, and, and wanted to, to be in community. Um, we could, we could get in fights and it would be okay. And so, uh, there was this, uh, you'll see what I mean by that when I say what I'm saying by by that, but, um, there was, there was this group of guys and they were like best buds, best friends. And they, they decided we're going to do a fight night. And so they started boxing in their basement, right? And just for fun, you know, like these big brawly guys, we got like testosterone. We're trying to get it out of our system and mm-hmm. just knock each other out a little bit, but have fun and in the process. So this developed into like a whole neighborhood wide, like gather on the hill, watch in a ring as Christians duke it out. So it was called Pineview Fight Night. And um, you had girls that were like going up against each other, boxing, like on somebody's back porch and you had lights and like music just blaring. It was absolutely insane. Uh, And like, while we were doing this, nobody can tell you, but it was this like adrenaline rush. And somebody was like, Trevor, you should do it. And I had just drank this whole bottle of Mountain Dew, like coming up on watching fight night. And so I was like, I had the caffeine, I had the the sugar rush. And I, I was like, should I do this? Like, I don't fight. I'm, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, there was this this group of guys, and they had this beef with this one roommate, and he was so annoying, and they wanted me to fight him. So I said, all right, I'm gonna, I'll do it. You know, this is just for fun. And, uh, man, like, it was crazy. We got up on the back porch. They had, like, pool noodles around the banisters trying to, like, keep you from, like, busting your face open or something. But they had face masks and mouth guards and boxing gloves. So I'm in the rink. We go around one. Man, I'm feeling it. Like, he's not ready for me. And uh, He's not ready for me. I love it, Riff. He's not ready for me. (laughs) And uh, really, no, I'm terrified. Um, And so... I got him. So I won round one based on the three, you know, these, there were these three girl judges on the hill. Like, I don't know if they know anything about fighting, but, but I won, I got him that first round. So he's so upset. Like, he's like, Oh shoot, this guy just hit me. I'm not going to take this. And so I honestly wish it was reversed. Cause then he came at me. Like he was ready. He was like, I'm going to knock this guy out. So I remember he came around and like hit me on the side of the head and I was like, whoa, I'm like, I'm not used to getting jarred around like that. And, uh, I've never really been in a fight and he, he hits me and I was like, oh shoot, like I gotta, I gotta get my wits back together. And then I feel like another hit, you know? And, um, and so I'm like, oh shoot, like what's going on? (laughs) I thought I was good (laughs) because I won the first round. And so he got me, and then the second, so he won the second round, and then we had one more round, the third round, and I got a good, I got my stance back, I got a, another good uh, hit or two in, and uh, but but 
he got some good hits in on me. And so it was more of kind of like a, a draw almost, but he, I think he got like one or two more hits. You know, I felt like, man, I just always wish I could said said that I, I beat the guy, but no, he, um, he got me on round three and, uh, just such a great memory. But then I shared that whole story with my church. Why? That's why I'm sitting here this whole time. <laughs> this whole time I'm sitting here laughing and the story's great. Like it's a little disturbing, but funny, but really in the back of my mind, I'm like, you're going to a 50 member church that is supporting you at 50 bucks a month. And of all that you can tell them, you tell them about the Christian ghetto and fight night. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's great. Like, you know, you just got to make those memories and uh, live while you're alive. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So, (laughs) all right. So you you make it through, Wesley. You meet Katie. Praise God. Um, After those three years at Wesley, then what? Um, Then I get... It felt like I got like, what's the word? I don't know. One I jumped, thing, one thing I got I learned in the ministry. One thing I learned about <laughs> you a long time ago is not to try to finish your sentence. So I don't know what the word is, Rev. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's where you get like, um, my brain. I don't know. Anyways, you got launched into ministry. I got launched into ministry, but it was kind of this. I wasn't expecting what I was going to be going into because the last three years of ministry, I mean, while it had been real ministry and really good, it was not the same kind of experience Mm -hmm. and pace as church Mm -hmm. and as like a congregation and congregations become much more stagnant because they don't have, they're not a transient ministry. They don't have new people coming in and out and they're not used to that change. Mm -hmm. Their change is is challenging um, in a in a congregation, and it's also you're wanting to create stabilization and and there's tradition and those sort of things. I got launched into probably uh, the most traditional church that I've ever been to, and Wesley is not traditional at all. Like mm-hmm. there, it's contemporary music, which it's not about music to me as much as it is like what are we doing in style yeah just style in general yeah yeah and so like i can vibe traditional contemporary whatever it's it's not about that to me it's it's about like are we hungry for the lord and is there that 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 camaraderie together um, of pursuing the lord together and so um this there was a lot of turmoil going on at this church at the time a lot of differing values uh, a lot of political stuff and i was just like man is is this what ministry is all about and i kind of hated it to be honest um and what was your role there but i but uh, sorry i got i got hired on as a worship leader for a contemporary okay. launch okay so it was so we were, they were starting a contemporary service and, you know, that had its own set of challenges, but it, it was, it was challenging. And then it got good. There was some, there was some momentum there. And then some, some, there were some pastoral and leadership changes, which kind of was very rocky. So for the next five years, I saw four different senior pastors. I served under four different, in the matter of five years. Whoa. Um, 
but in that first year, I took on a role as youth pastor as well. So I was a youth pastor. I'd, I'd worked in youth ministry kind of as a volunteer mm-hmm. and, and doing small groups and connected with youth a lot um, throughout my walk with the Lord, especially when I got out of high school. Mm-hmm. I started to invest in uh, that generation in middle school and high school and um, felt like that was just where, a, a, you know, an area that I connected so easily and naturally and um, basically because I am a child myself at heart. And um, so there's anyways um, started doing that. And I was there for, I think, about four years in youth ministry. So about a year of leading worship and then four years. And it was right around that time that I met you started um, going to Asbury mm-hmm. Seminary. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, went to licensing school. Uh, yeah, I was oh, yeah. licensed and kind of then became a clergy person versus a lay person. It's it's wild to me. I'd never thought about that. I was, I mean, our paths crossed about that time. I'd never considered the fact that you served under four lead pastors in five years. That's such a reversal. Mm-hmm. Usually, one lead pastor serves five years and has four youth pastors. You exactly. you were a youth pastor and you served five years under four different lead pastors. I knew that. I just don't think I'd ever connected those dots because I mean we were journeying together and and um, hanging out and talking through things and so I knew that. I just don't guess I'd ever you know combined it all. Um, but bought yeah that was fun. Got married, bought your first house. Um. Which is such an incredible place. Did, you remember the COVID um, back porch dinners? Oh, yeah. Dude, what a silver lining out of a really, really crappy season. Um, yes. Yeah, that was what we looked forward to. Yes. Pretty much. Yeah, so the yeah. world shut down, right? I mean, nobody could gather, nobody could hang out, and we are communal people and um, just really, really deep heavy emphasis on authentic community and everybody was isolated and it was actually Brooke and her roommate Ray Rachel um that started that and gosh it became something beautiful uh it was you and Katie and Connor and Mindy um uh Brooke and Ray who else was in that me and the boys your family Stacy had moved out here Stacy we moved Stacy out here because she had to start work four months before or five months before we came. And that was when the lockdown happened and the boys and I were down there and she was out here. Um, crazy times. But those those driveway and back porch dinners were some of the most fun. Um, li- listening to the... Uh, what was the deal? It was like the heads up game, but you had to hum a tune. Yeah. Um, what is it called? I don't know what it's called, but yeah, it's, it just gives you different prompts. And ooh, we were being goofy. Oh, it was, it was funny. Good. Katie slayed that game, though. If she could get everybody to be quiet long enough, she could hum the tune and people would guess it. She's so competitive when it comes to games. She doesn't play around. Yeah. She's like, 
she's for real and she knew that she was good at it but she couldn't get the rest of her team to be quiet long enough so that the person guessing could hear her and so that was the funny part for me sitting back and she's like guys and nobody's paying any attention you know everybody's humming and and uh of course brooke was cheating oh yeah she was putting lyrics in there old cheater always always i'm not gonna call her a cheater but she'll toe the line yeah brooke. she'll come right up to the line yeah brooke. yeah so um yeah so then from there what about the uncertainty of the move then from Macon to Tifton? That's that's a big leap of faith. I mean, so Katie's job was in Macon. You were a homeowner. Really cool house. Super cool neighborhood. Um, solid job, at least salary-wise. Um, and then you got to uproot. So all your people are Macon, Gray, um, Jones County, Bibb County. Yeah. Uh, well, I would say, you know, our people, they they stretch over a vast. <laughs> Katie's people uh, are Atlanta and suburbs, but your people are middle Georgia, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like my hometown people. That's yeah, what, yeah, I, that's sure. what I'm talking like, about. Your family. I say people. I mean family. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. So you're having to uproot yeah. and leave all that. Yeah, at, at an interesting time. Like, we came down here, we had a kid, and now we have no family around. It's kind of like, dang, we should have reversed that. Um, yes. That would have been great to have grandma and grandpa and, you know, yes. all those folks around. But, um, yeah, so we just ventured down here. There was an open door um, from, you know, just praying and just, like, like I said, going through a revolving door of senior pastors and working with multiple different, you know, ministry philosophies and uh, kind of a lot. And then was just like, had this open door for this potential opportunity and prayed about it, thought about it, talked about it. And it just seemed like everything started falling into place like our household like that that was when the market was booming mm -hmm. and uh was it was great because we paid little to nothing for our house and the value just kind of like skyrocketed so that was kind of cool um and then they were renovating the parsonage down here and so when we moved down here we basically moved into like a brand new house which is like we would have moved into wherever but it was just a cool little gift from the Lord to just like be able to have that space mm -hmm. and um, just how everything was lining out. But, you know, I guess I wasn't really scared because I was more ready. You know, it felt like I was ready for the next thing and ready for there to be, I'd, I'd experienced so much change in a, in a, in the same environment I was ready for a change of environment. Wow. Yeah. Um, so th there was there was that and then just kind of we've always I guess it was a cool place cuz it's a place she hasn't lived before, I hadn't lived before cuz I grew up in mm -hmm. Macon Gray in that mm -hmm. area. And so it was like I guess the season for us to go off on our own and 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 not have any ties and just kind of explore a little bit it too. forces you closer together uh, i know at least for the four of us moving out here um you know that it it, it 
even if you're already close, it just that moving into a new place where you don't know many and you, it forces you together. So has it been easy or difficult to establish authentic community, like real true community there? What's that been like? What, how did you go about it? What role has that played uh, in, in your lives, uh, you and Katie together? What's that been like in Tifton? Yeah, so I'd say that's kind of been an interesting thing because, like, right away when we came, there was a, a very core, a strong core group of young adults who were in a similar phase of life as us. I remember, yeah. And it was almost like we just kind of got absorbed and were surrounded by folks who were very like-minded, which I would say was a little bit, we weren't as around as many like-minded individuals uh, at the last church because they were more, I guess, how do I say this? Theologically, we had a lot of differences. Sure. And um, and so here we kind of aligned on a lot of similar theology. And so that's been really, really refreshing. And then as we've stayed in Tifton and as – I've gone through different seasons, kind of challenges and um, made different connections outside of our church. I would say that community has continued to grow and expand oh, good. in uh, in breadth and then also in depth based on the people. Good. So it's been honestly a big blessing to go from a, a season where – I would say I felt like more like my community was with you and um, Brooke and some others, you know, even though we weren't as close in proximity, mm -hmm. um, I would say it's felt more like that. But thankfully, it's like closer proximity and, mm -hmm. and we get to be around each other like we have a supper club now we have with some friends oh, wow. and we'll like cook dinner for one another and, and just get to just hang out and, and just be together. And that's been really cool. Is that weekly or monthly or what's the rhythm on that? So that's like once a month. Mm -hmm. One of the uh, there's three couples um, that we do it with, two other couples that we do it with, so three total, and then um, we just kind of explore new meals together. I think I might have uh, texted you about the uh, Low Country Bowl. I was oh, yeah. hosting it yeah, that yeah, one time. Yeah. And so we did a Low Country Bowl. I texted like you and like five other people and honed in like. I took the average of all everybody's different low country bowl recipes and just like made it my own. And so it like turned out pretty awesome for my first one. And, awesome. Um, but yeah, so we've been doing that. It's just kind of a fun thing, you know, just to kind of cooking can be stressful. So like once every three months, the stress is on you and then the relaxation and the enjoyment of not having to cook is on the other two yeah. uh, couples. Yeah, and, so and it's not we, even the cooking, dude. Out. It's people coming to your house, so you got to, like, everything's got to be clean. Yes. The clean, it's not just just yeah. simple cleaning. It's like getting everything right. And even if they're your friends, I mean, your, your closest yeah. friends, it's still, that's the headache. It's not the cooking. I mean, the cooking is what it is, but it's all the other parts and pieces. Yeah, you said it. I, I, I should have said that, and and – and really, though, yeah, I mean, that's the beautiful Lord, thing about like outdoor exhausted. spaces. Yeah, that's the beautiful thing about outdoor spaces, like fire pit patios, outdoor spaces, um, 
beautiful thing about outdoor spaces. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. So we just started a monthly gathering, though. We were calling it like Taco Tuesday. Yeah. But, you know, like like this this Tuesday, it's the first Tuesday of the month. Um, we've got about 20, 25 young couples and their families and stuff wow. all gathering with their kids. And the last two times we got to do it in our backyard. And so that was beautiful mm -hmm. and just like so nice. And the um, playground's right there, which is handy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the kids just played outside in the backyard, awesome. loved it, and uh, just got to be. So it's, it's a cool season. How many of those have you done? Uh, we've done two so far, and we've got one this in December. So we'll do like a white elephant kind of like a fun awesome. deal. Cool, yeah. man. All right. So um, I end every episode with the same question. That's kind of an ode to Annie F. Downs, and that sounds fun. Um, she ends with what sounds... Katie loves... Oh, she's she's classic, yeah. Such a, such a awesome. good soul. Yeah. Really, really good interviews and good people. Encouraging. I listen to her a lot when I'm walking, but... Um, so she ends every episode with what sounds fun to you, what sounds fun. Um, every episode, except Gabe's, uh, I have ended with uh, how do you keep things simple? So the name of this podcast is the Keep It Simple Podcast. So I'd be interested to know, knowing you, um, like I do, how do you keep things simple? Well, you know, I like, I would like in an ideal world, like to say that I keep things simple. I don't know if I do. Um, I know you said somebody gave an honest answer and said, I don't do a great job at keeping it simple. Um, yeah, I overcomplicate things sometimes. Don't we all, but, uh, don't we all brother? <laughs> but I would say lately, um, I've been trying to keep it simple and it's a, it's a really, I'm really grateful for this, um, and it's 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 only started happening as of late. Is just to let the Lord do His work through me. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the the things that I've I meet with a guy. His name's Steve. He's in his seventies. Um, he he loves the Lord, and uh, he was he was in prison at one point. And he got radically just kind of just taken by the Lord and. Um, just has since been a disciple of Jesus and a discipler of others uh, in the Lord. And one of the things that he keeps reminding me, and he's a big Watchman Nee fan. I don't know if you've ever read any Watchman Nee. Um, pretty pretty cool stuff. You, you might like it, actually. Um, but one of the things that Watchman Nee reiterates and teaches on is that our work in the Lord is to rest in the Lord mm. and allow him to do his work through us Okay. through the spirit and, and through being obedient and submitting our wills to Jesus. And I found that ministry and life is so much more simple when we just get out of the way, mm -hmm. just get out of the way and let Jesus do what he wants to do. And usually the outcomes are are much better than what you know when we're wanting all that control. Mm -hmm. We want to we want control of our lives. We want to. Sometimes we're tempted to control others. 
um, we have that 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 anxious whatever it is <laughs> that comes over us. And so I've just been really trying to be as as humble as as intentional and as uh, I guess just surrendered to Jesus. And, uh, that's, I'd say that's, that's how I've been trying to keep it simple. Uh, personally. It's so simple. It's hard. And I, Oh, I know. Cause it's our will and we want to have control. Yeah. And, and to that point, I, I say this all the time. I don't know how many people actually listen. Control is a hoax. Control is a, it's totally. a facade. It does not exist. Um, if you get around somebody that claims they're in control or they're trying to control, uh, probably need to get away from them as quickly as you possibly can. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a lie. It's a hoax. Yeah. But that surrender is hard, man. Yeah. It's so simple. It's hard. The simplest things in life are most often the hardest. Yeah. Cool. Cool. But the most, yeah, they so. are, man. So I was just sitting here thinking, listening to you and catching up with you. Hey, I miss you, dude. I miss you, ma'am. And, uh, thankful for this time, but I was reminded of that uh, piece of text. Uh, the joy of the Lord is our strength and, uh, joy. Like you say, you have a childlike spirit, which is not a knock. That's a compliment. And you, you are full of joy. It's your gift to the world. And, uh, you make me happy hanging out with you makes me feel better, encourages me, impresses me, moves the joy meter, uh, just a little bit, uh, up, which is, I guess the best compliment I can give you. Uh, thank you for your time. I know you're busy. Um, I know you are uh, pastoring people and loving your wife and raising sweet birdie. And uh, so thank you for carving off time for being vulnerable and being um, gracious uh, with your time. I appreciate you, ma'am. Uh, and I miss you and I love you. Yeah, same goes here, man. Love you too, and thanks for uh, letting me come on your podcast. It's super fun. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, see ya. See ya. See ya.